Hey guys, welcome back to the All In Podcast. This is episode 15. Uh, I can't believe this is our 15th episode. These are really just flying by now. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts, Mike Badzig, joined as always by Eli Cooper, my co-host. What's up, man? Uh, I'm not doing too great today, man. I'm, the All In Network got me working on Father's Day, uh, you know, so, and I'm a father. So, you know, it's a, I probably need to talk to someone, one of the co-founders about that. Yeah, yeah. Talk to uh, yeah. Talk to one of the owners. Uh, see if see if they can help you out. With that. Yeah, Eli is our resident father on the podcast. I'm not, but he is. So happy Father's Day to Eli and all the yeah, fathers man. out there. We 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 appreciate all the other things fathers do. So it's a big thing. Um, today we are going to talk some NBA. We're gonna give. We're just gonna do predictions, playoff predictions. We're really excited. If you if you haven't noticed from the previous podcast we've been doing, we're really excited about the NBA coming back. So we want to do playoff predictions. We're going to go series by series, round by round, and, and kind of just work this through. Uh, so we're trying not to take up too much time, but, you know, these things get heavy sometimes. So uh, before we get into it, though, we want to talk about some stuff that's going on at the All In Network. Um, if you haven't tuned into the Rain and Bliss podcast yet, make sure you're doing that. They're now available on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, at this point, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, they're on it. They're also, they also can be found on this YouTube page. So make sure you hit and subscribe to this YouTube page uh, and liking our videos if you enjoy them and leaving some comments and telling us what you want us to talk about. Anything else, Coop? Yeah, just make sure you follow us on social media as well, uh, on Twitter at all underscore in underscore pod. Um, like our Facebook or follow our Facebook page, All In Network. Um, and then for Instagram, it's at all in network, all one word. Um, so you can stay up to date on new shows posting and see different content that we're coming out with, things like that. Um, and every share counts, you know, uh, helps us grow our audience and, and means a lot to us. So thank you everybody who's tuned in so far. And again, if you're you know a fan of the, of the podcast, share it, tell everybody, you know, uh, and we really appreciate it. So thank you. Yep, and, and make sure you're, you're checking out the website, allinnetwork.net. We've got articles posted on there. If you guys want to post an article on there, the kind of the idea of the website is to have people post articles, not just us. Um, and yep. there's a really good one by Dan Thiel on there. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you're doing it. It's allinnetwork.net. All right, let's get into this NBA playoff bracket. So uh, we talked about the format on the last pod. So we'll just start with the play-in, possible play-in. If a team is at least four games back of the eight seed, they'll have the opportunity to do a play-in with the eight seed. They'll have to beat them twice, almost like a double elimination where the eight seed is in the king seat. So in the West, Memphis is occupying that eight seed spot. There's, a, there's an array of teams that are close to being within four. So – What's your pick for who's going to be that night team? And then do you think that they beat Memphis, assuming that's the matchup? Um, so I'm going to stick with my pick from the previous episode and go with the Pelicans. Um, I, I really like their youth. I think Zion made that team more dynamic. Um, you know, it gave them a more of an inside scoring presence than what they had before. Um, and given the situation that they're going to be going into in Orlando in all neutral courts, um, having not played in a while, I think young legs will prevail. 
Um, so I think they find a way to get within four games. I think they're only three and a half back now. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, Mike. But, you know, I, I think they get, yeah, they get within the four games then or stay within the four games. Um, and then I, I'm taking them in the play-in in play game um, because I think they have more, they just have more talent and depth than Memphis does. And, and that's no knock to Memphis. I think they have... Um, you know, obviously a young stud in John Morant. Uh, they've got some some good young players as well. They just added Justice Winslow before the you know trade deadline. Jared Jackson Jr. Um, Dylan Brooks is having an excellent year, but um, you know the Pelicans have two guys that can give you twenty uh, on a consistent basis uh, with Ingram and Zion. You know, you got JJ Redick as well. Drew Holiday, who's one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, so I think like even defensively, I think. You know, with Lonzo and Drew Holiday, that that's a tough backcourt, and I think, like, if they put Drew on John Moran, I think he'd give him problems. Uh, you know, in a play-in type situation, so I'm gonna go with the Pelicans to uh, to make the eight seed and then win the play-in game. So yeah, we talked about this on the last podcast, and I'm gonna stick with my pick. I, I went with Memphis. Um, I, I like the the pick of of New Orleans being that team over them. I, I think I like their roster even a little bit more than Portland's up and down. I know Portland has Dame and CJ, so you kind of want to lean that way. And the playoff experience makes you, makes you go that way. But they had a bad regular season, and, and I think that I put some stock into the regular season here. So uh, I think Pelicans maybe get that spot. But I do think Memphis is going to be able to beat them at least one out of two. I can't see them losing twice. Uh, really to any of those teams that, that have a chance just twice in a row. That's tough to do um, on a neutral court. So I will go with Memphis to keep the eight spot. So then in the East, we got a similar question. This one is not as close. Washington is the only team that got brought that isn't currently a playoff spot. They're five and a half back of Orlando. So do you think that they even get within the four games? And if they do, do you think they beat Orlando twice in a row? Yep. No. No. Agreed. 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 And, and, and I like, and Brad, I like Beal. Brad Beal. No. He, he can't get him over. He can't get him a, a game and a half on Orlando by himself. Sorry. Yeah. I agree 100%. I think, I think Magic uh, keeps, keeps the spot. And there's no playing game in the East. So the, um, we can do that one quick. So let's start in the East then. And we'll stay with the Magic. They are going to get the luxury of playing the Bucks in the first round, uh, one of the best teams we've ever seen in the regular season. So I'm assuming that we're both taking Bucks. The question is, do you also have it as a sweep? Because I do. Yes, 4-0 sweep. Magic maybe have one close game that's within double digits. But Bucks yeah, that, that's what I think too. Maybe the, maybe the Magic have one close one, um, but I, I just – there's just not enough to match up with the Bucks, and the Bucks are really good. So, yeah, we'll both go with the Bucks in a sweep. The next matchup in the East is Heat Pacers. This is a really good matchup. This will be the four-five. Um, so no home court advantage. So Miami is going to be kind of at a disadvantage there because we know how good they are at home. Uh, what's your thoughts on this matchup? Um, it's going to be. It's going to be kind of an ugly series to watch, I think, because it's going to be a very physical, defensive, you know, type series. A lot of I think you'll see some low scoring games there. Um, I think Victor Oladipo's health will play a lot in this. They are not really sure whether he's going to be healthy enough to join them in Orlando. 
but I think even if he's healthy, I don't think they win this series. But they absolutely put up a fight. Um, so I'm going to take Miami in six. Okay. I will stick with you again. I also had Miami in six. And I really like this Indiana team. I, you know, Oladipo coming back, you know, he, he's a special player. And then you also have some bonus who had a legitimate case to be an all-star this year, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, we, we know what he brings. But I think the Heat just have a little bit more star power with Jimmy and Bam and what they're able to do defensively with the guys they have. And, and they've got shooters as well around those guys. And Eric Spolster is a really good playoff coach. So I got Heat in yep. six as well. Okay, next series is really probably, you could argue, the most interesting of the first round. The three versus six is Boston and Philly. Philly is your team here. Uh, what's your thoughts on the series? Well, first of all, somehow we all, over the last few years, and just in general in the Sixers history, we always end up running into Boston in the playoffs. Like, it, there's never been a point where the Sixers are good and the, and the Celtics are bad. I don't there's, there's been a point where the Celtics are good and the Sixers are bad, but never the other way around, which is strange to me. Um, but this one, this one's tough, man, because I, I really think the Sixers are constructed to beat Boston, for sure. I, they really don't have any kind of answer for Embiid. Um, I, I think defensively we would defend well against them. I think Ben can handle Tatum. You know what I mean? Not, I don't think he'd shut him down, but like he can guard him you know, and slow him down to where he's not absolutely torching us. The issue, and one of the Sixers, one of the biggest issues that they've had is guarding a guy like Kemba Walker um, in pick-and-roll situations because they don't necessarily, they haven't really figured out what to do with Embiid quite defensively, whether they want to, well, they've been sitting him back, and guards like Kemba Walker, you know, he doesn't come up and play on the screen, and so a guard like Kemba Walker is going to, you know, come into the mid-range, knock that down every time or, you know, draw him in and then bring Joel out on a switch and go by him every time. So it's it's kind of difficult to see Philly winning this series. And because we are god-awful on the road, which is where every one of these games technically will be, I'm going to go with Boston. Oh, Boston. So you're changing the pick then from before I, I, I am. for you. Yeah, I'm going to take Boston, and it's going to be in seven. So, yeah, Brett this Brown is... Could fire. Yes, so that's that would be the uh, silver lining of the season if they do lose in the first round. Is you think Brett Brown would be out of there? Yeah. Um, I like Philly here, and the matchup thing is big that you talked about. Um, I don't know who Boston has that is going to be able to handle Embiid. Even Simmons, you know, they they're going to probably do an array of things with Brown and Marcus Smart, and probably Tatum will have some time on him. But he's just a really bad matchup for a lot of people. You know, I think the biggest guys in this series are going to be Tobias and Richardson. Are they going to be able to knock down open shots, you know? And Tobias is a guy as well who, okay, well, if they put Brown or Marcus Smart or whoever on Simmons, like, he's going to have to be able to create at least in some parts of the game. You know, something that Philly is really going to be missing is Jimmy Butler from last year. You know, if you watch those playoff games, he Jimmy was really the guy, you know, in the most clutch situation, Jimmy was like, okay, give me the ball. I got this. Get out of the way, kids. Now you hope that Embiid and Simmons have a bit of a maturation process and maybe they can take more of a load. But I, I do like Boston a lot and they're young. And we talked about how we think this might favor the young teams and Philly is really bad on the road. So I, I you know, I, I've kind of changed my thinking on this too, where, you know, I, 
I'm doing all these things and I'm thinking like, well, what are all these circumstances that, how is it going to change? Like, are these guys going to be at a disadvantage? Are these guys going to be an advantage because of the situation? And it's like, sometimes we forget to look at, well, how, how were they all year? Like, were they good? Were they dysfunctional? I think Philly was dysfunctional a lot of the year. Um, yeah. But with that being said, I'm still taking Philly because I do believe that Embiid is such a problem. Uh, and, and I think Tobias is actually going to step up. I think the break helps them. And, and you know what? And this all depends on Embiid, what kind of shape he comes back in. If he's anything like some of these guys we've seen after the break, like Marcus Saul, you know, hopefully that's maybe not that skinny or like Jokic skinny, but hopefully he's yeah. keeping himself in shape and going to the gym. I will go Philly in seven. So last series in the first round of the East is Toronto, Brooklyn. There will be no Kyrie Irving. There will be no Kevin Durant. Despite all of the Twitter conversation, they kind of shut that down. I'm going with Toronto in four. Shockingly. Yeah. Um, I'm also going with Toronto. And I'm also going to take them in four. Because I just don't see – I don't see how the Nets steal the game. Like, I like Spencer Dinwiddie, but is he good enough to steal you a game against one of the best defensive teams in, in the league? In the league. Yeah. Okay. And, and the Nets are solid. I mean, last year they had a good core. They got rid of D'Lo and they brought in Kyrie. But even this year, like when Kyrie didn't play, they did pretty well. Like they didn't really miss a beat without him. I think that they are a good squad. It's just tough when you're, you know, you're missing key guys and you're going against the world champs and, and everything they can do defensively. Yeah, maybe maybe it goes five. Maybe it even goes six. But I, I would go Toronto four. I'd, I'd give them a better chance against like I'd give them a better chance against like Boston or something like a team that's not as great defensively as uh, as Toronto you know what I mean where you know certain guys can just get hot so but uh, as far as taking a game not winning a series but like taking a game but all right so then we'll go to the West in the first round then I've got Lakers Memphis as the one eight but you've got Lakers Pelicans how do you see that one playing out? Um, Lakers in four. As much as I like the Pelicans and their youth, um, the Lakers still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, um, which I think like that would be the one series where Zion is probably not going to look good at all having to deal with Anthony Davis on both ends of the floor. I don't, I don't see how that bodes well for him uh, because, and I think that would be one of the like rare situations where he goes up against a power forward with like Anthony Davis kind of Anthony Davis's length because that's not where the game is really at right now right is having you know big uh long athletic power forwards it's mostly that that position's getting smaller and smaller so like that won't be a problem for him in the future but like when it comes to the Lakers like he's shutting that down and then you know Brandon Ingram is not is not abusing LeBron even if, if he even gets LeBron on I mean he likely would you know so I just – I don't see where the Pelicans could steal a game in that situation. Yeah, and I agree. And I'll, I'll take Lakers in four over Memphis for a lot of the same reasons. They just don't have the firepower to steal a game here. You know, maybe if the Lakers take their foot off the gas in a game four, maybe that's where you could see the Lakers – I mean, the Grizzlies or the Pelicans stealing a game. But assuming that they're not going to do that and they're just matching up, I just can't see them – either one of them taking a game from the Lakers. Let's go to the next matchup, which is – Utah OKC. 
that's a good that's a good uh matchup what do you think about that yeah so this is a tough one man um because i think okc defensively matches up really well with utah um when you're talking you know chris paul and, and sga in the backcourt defending um you know donovan mitchell probably off and on throughout that entire series um I am going to go with Utah, though. I think they have more experience playing together. Um, they have more playoff experience than OKC as a whole outside of, you know, Chris Paul and, and Steven Adams. Um, you know, but I'm going to go – so I'm going to say Utah in seven because I, I don't see why OKC wouldn't put up a fight. And I wouldn't even be surprised if OKC won this series. But I'm going to get a benefit of the doubt to the more – playoff experience team yeah so i'm actually i'll go a okc here um and i'll go okc in six i like this okc roster a lot and yeah. when you have leaders like chris paul and even even um like steve adams he's been in a lot of big playoff games danilo gallinari is a guy who, who has a lot of playoff experience and when you mix that with you know the the array of guards they have in sga and dennis schroeder who's looked great this year utah you know, I like Utah's team, and and they're probably the favorite to win this series, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they won this series. I wouldn't even be surprised if they won this series in five or six games. But it's just, you know, Mike Connolly has been a disappointment for sure. They brought him in as someone who could help take the load off of Donovan Mitchell. If you watched Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs last year, when they asked him to be that guy, it didn't really go that well. You know, so they didn't bring in Mike Connolly to, to try to take some of that load off, and that doesn't really go well. Gobert is solid, but he's not a scorer. Uh, and I think OKC is going to be able to put their paws on them a little bit. So I'll go OKC in six, but that one could go either way. Uh, a lot of these Western Conference ones. So the next one is Denver-Houston. That's another one that could go either way. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Denver here. Uh, I think this is probably the worst matchup Houston could have gotten um, in the first round, other than, like, obviously the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, which I guess is pretty obvious. But I do think – I think they needed to fall in the four or five seed to get out of the first round. And it's because of, of Jokic, right? Like, they traded away all big men, and P.J. Tucker's playing the five. That sounds like child abuse for Nikola Jokic. So, like, I, I – you know, and, and for a team that runs their offense through him, and he's not – and he's not a kind of guy who's, like, going to sit on the block and force it all game. Like, he's going to force double teams and then – hit guys, you know, cutters and, and shooters on the perimeter, um, which is exactly what Denver wants to do with, with Jokic is have him in a, you know, in a situation where he can make plays for others as well. Um, I also think they have much more depth uh, when they can bring a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who looked really good coming off an of injury. He's still healthy, right? I believe. Yeah, so um, you got him, Will Barton, um, you know, Monte Morris, you know, these other guys who are all offensive threats versus, you know, Houston, who's heavily reliant on James Harden and, and Russell Westbrook to give most of their offense. And then they're, you know, praying to get consistency out of Austin Rivers and Eric Gordon otherwise as far as offense goes. So, you know, I just – I don't think they have the depth. And I think uh, one of the most – one of the best and most unselfish big men in the game is – going to be a big problem for them so i agree with everything you just said um but the one part that did stand out is you named all of those guards for denver and they have really deep guards and a lot of good guards 
but none of them are named James Harden or Russell Westbrook. So it's hard to to pick against them here. I know Jokic is a you know top five MVP candidate for the past two seasons, really. But you know, it's I don't know. I, I lean heavily on the guards in these playoff situations a lot of the time. And Denver last year did not perform well in the playoffs with a lot of the same guys. You know, San Antonio was able to take them to seven games, and then in the in the second round they didn't perform well at all. I'll go with Houston, but I think it does go seven. Yeah, I got Denver. Yeah, I got Denver in six. I obviously, being James the Webster taking two games, and I wouldn't even call and it. I wouldn't even call it an upset um, if Houston beat Denver because we, we talked about this, we in, the talked about this in the last episode. Like, if there's one team that can disrupt the entire West, the entire West, it's because of because of those because so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if they if they were able to beat So the two seven matchup in the West is Clippers Mavs. I'm going to take the Clippers, obviously, um, but I'm going to take them in six. I, like, I don't think that's going to be as short of a series. I think uh, Lucas seems like a big-time player to me, man, and I think Porzingis will also have a great series in that, uh, in that series. So I think Dallas has enough offense to you know, give, give the Clippers a scare, and the Clippers are the kind of team who like occasionally take their foot off the gas, you know what I mean? So I could certainly see them dropping at least a game or two um, to the Mavs and uh, you know so but but the Clippers will will handle that series it'll be like a if it if it does go six it won't seem like the Clippers ever lost control like they'll probably go up three one drop a game and then finish yeah I want Clippers in five here I agree with a lot of the Dallas stuff I, I think they're a team of the future for sure Luca Porzingis and they've actually stepped up a lot of guys have stepped up for them Tim Hardaway is having a great season for them Seth Curry's having a really good season for them uh, and so is Dwight Powell. But the Clippers, you know, we, when we talk about the best teams in the NBA, there's three teams that we name, and the Clippers are one of them. So mm-hmm. I do agree that Dallas might be able to get one. You know, Clippers are still working on some chemistry issues. We kind of talked about that with Todd and Sean last or last episode, two episodes ago, sorry. Um, so maybe the, the Mavs do get one or two, but I think Clippers in five uh, makes the most sense. Okay, let's go second round then. You, We both have Bucks Heat. Yeah, so this is one that I, I constantly go back and forth with um, because I think Miami, other than Philly, has the best chance at beating the Bucks in the East because defensively they're so versatile. Um, you know, there's multiple guys that they can throw at Giannis along with, you know, help side defense and things like that. Um, you know, starting with Jimmy Butler. Now they have Andre Guadalla. Um, I believe they still have Jay, they have Jay Crowder, who they got in the Memphis trade. Um, even if it came to a situation where a lot of teams put centers on Giannis, so you could see Bam on him at times. Like, there's just so many different guys that could potentially be guarding Giannis and actually be effective, you know, in guarding him. But um, I don't think, as a whole, Miami has quite enough offensive firepower to to keep pace with the Bucks. Um, and I I don't think as of all those guys I named. I don't think they can contain Giannis enough to beat him in a seven-game series. Like, I don't think they can hold him down um, for, you know, four different times at least, you know what I mean, and, and keep him from having monster nights. Because 
you know, none of those guys are Kawhi. Like, I think, like, uh, there's, you, it takes a rare breed of defender to do that, as we saw in Kawhi. And also, again, you, and no, he didn't do it by himself. There's help defense and, and rotations and things like that that go into it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you need a rare kind of defender. And Jimmy Butler is close to that, but he's not Kawhi Leonard. So I'm going to take the Bucks in seven. The Heat are going to push them to the. If I'm the Bucks, I do not want to see the Heat in the second round. I'd much rather see Indiana. And you know, I think that the Raptors exposed some things about the Bucks last year in last year's playoffs and how to guard um, Giannis. With you know, they had Kawhi on them, but it was really a wall of big guys, right? Serge Ibaka, Marcus Pascal Siakam. They just loaded it up, and it was <clears throat> tough to tough to get through that for Giannis. And then the the conversation in the offseason was. He's got to improve his three-point shot if he wants to be able to beat that kind of a defense. Well, he didn't really improve his three-point shot. So it is certainly a big question mark. You know, you match that with the experience of Jimmy Butler and the, the defensive prowess that Jimmy and Bam can have. I just can't see it. I just can't see them winning the series, though. Uh, you know, the, the Bucks were just so good in the regular season. And, and they do have Giannis. He's back-to-back MVP. Budenholzer seems like a guy who's able to figure stuff out. So I, I like them from that perspective. And, and Middleton is, does a lot. He get, doesn't get enough credit. So I'm going to go Bucks in, in six. But I think that would, you know, the Heat could certainly make noise here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then for the other Eastern Conference semifinal, I've got Toronto versus Philly. You've got Toronto versus Boston. So what's your pick there? Um, I'm going to stay with the Eastern Conference Finals I gave on the previous uh, podcast. Um, it's Toronto. I think defensively they're the better team here. I think they're the more well-rounded team. I think they're the deeper team um, as far as offensive weapons go. You know, They can have four or five guys give you 20 on any given night, um, you know, which is unheard of. Really, um, I think they're probably one of the deepest teams in the league other than the Clippers. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Toronto. I think Jason Tatum has a really good series here, um, unless his unless his primary matchup is Siakam, which I, I don't think it would be, but it could be. Um, but I don't think uh, – I think he would need a little bit more help to for Boston to get here. And with the defensive guards that Toronto has – um, I don't see Kemba, you know, thriving against them. I don't see Jalen Brown having an excellent series against them. And then they don't really have an inside scoring presence that they can rely on either. Um, so, and, and Marcus is really good in pick and, pick and roll situations defensively. Um, so you can't even really kind of hope for Kemba to get off in those situations. So I just, you know, and, and Toronto plays really good team ball on the offensive end. So I'm going to go with the Raptors. Making these yeah, I'm going Toronto as well to beat Philly. And I think it's a seven-game series, though. Um, I, I do like Philly's team a lot. And I think that, you know, it is going to be a little bit tough for Toronto just because of things, you know, people talk about it all the time. They don't have the superstar anymore. Kawhi left. Uh, but I just think as a team, and especially against a team like Philly, I think they're more equipped to beat Philly. Even, even a team like Boston might match up a little bit better than Philly does. You know, Ben Simmons is a big guy, but, you know, they, we've got a lot of guys who can guard that type of a player. Embiid, obviously, is going to be a problem for anybody, but if you watched them in the playoffs last year play against each other, Embiid really, you know, he, he was eating when he wanted to, but 
you know, we were able to wear him down with an array of big guys with Gasol and Ibaka. Siakam was guarding for a while. You know, it's just like one guy after another. And that's kind of the whole thing with this Toronto team is they are so deep. Um, so I've got Toronto in seven as seven, seven. You have them in seven against Boston or shorter? Um, I'm going to say six. Six. Okay. So then we both have a, we'll just finish up the Easter. So we both have a rematch of the Eastern conference finals last year, which was Milwaukee and Toronto. Are you keeping the same result as Toronto or are you going with Bucks this year? I'm going with the Bucks this year. Um, I think the absence of Kawhi Leonard um, ultimately shifts the series here. Um, Toronto absolutely will put up a fight. Um, they're a scrappy, well-coached, excellent defensive team. Um, so uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks in seven. Um, I think Giannis redeems himself and gets to his first NBA Finals. Yeah, that would be a really good story for Giannis to be able to get to his first NBA Finals after everything that was said about him last year. I do not think it's going to happen, though. I'm still picking Toronto, and I'm picking Toronto in six games. I think that they're, you know, the thing is with how they played Giannis last year, like, yeah, Kawhi was a part of it, but really it was a group effort. It was it was really the system that Nick Nurse had and, and the players around. And Kawhi, you know, they, they obviously are not going to have Kawhi in that position. But you had a guy, you know, OJ Anubi was not there in the playoffs last year. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is a guy who's that lengthy defender that, that, that would give Giannis some problems, I think, off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Toronto is just so deep. And, again, you know, when you look at the Bucks, it's like, okay, but you're going to need someone else but Giannis to knock down open shots. I don't trust Eric Bledsoe at all. I think Eric Bledsoe is really a liability when he's on the court a lot of the times in these playoff games because he always wants the ball in his hand and he doesn't knock down open shots. He plays good defense a lot of the time, but you know, offensively it doesn't really work out. Middleton has got to prove it still. And even Budenholzer coached teams. I mean, you know, think back even when he was on the Hawks, it was kind of like they had this good system, but then when they got to the playoffs, it seemed like, you know, they weren't able to ever get over the hump. You know, this would be the year with, with LeBron James out of the East, but I still am going with Toronto here in six. All right, so let's go to the West then. Western Conference semifinals. Your first matchup is Lakers-Jazz. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Lakers in four here. I think they actually earned themselves another sweep. Uh, I don't, I just don't see where Utah's advantage would come from. I guess maybe Donovan Mitchell has a pretty good series, um, but I don't think he can carry enough of the load, um, you know, to for them to beat the Lakers. Maybe they steal a game, but I'm, I'm going to go Lakers in four. So I have Lakers-Thunder, and I will go Lakers in five um yeah they're they're a better team than the thunder they're a better team than the jazz really there's only two teams in the league right now that you know are in the same category as them so then i would say lakers in five just because i think chris paul does you know get one he's kind of a guy he always finds a way to win at least one game i think he's able to do that so i'll go lakers in five so then the second matchup you've got is clippers nuggets Yep. Uh, so I'm going to take the Clippers in five here. Um, I think this is where a lot of the flaws that Denver has shows up, um, especially against a team with the defensive capabilities that the Clippers have and a team that is 
deeper than them as far as you know depth goes. Um, so I'm going to go Clippers in five. I think that this is when they kind of start to shift it into gear. Like, okay, it's time, time for go mode. Yeah, and I'm big on the Clippers. I have them playing the Rockets, and because I have them playing the Rockets, I'm going to have Clippers in seven. I think the Rockets are going to be able to push them. You know, and it all depends on the shooting with the Rockets, right? They're going to launch 35 threes. If they if they make 15 to 25 of them, they're going to be in good shape. If they make less than that, then they're probably going to lose. Um, so, but I do think in a couple of these games, they probably are going to do that. They're going to steal a couple of the games. I just think in a game seven situation, and we've seen this before with Houston where they get in these game six, game seven, high pressure, well, you can't rely on P.J. Tucker and Daniel House and even Eric Gordon really to knock down these shots over and over in these high pressure situations. So I'm going to go Clippers in seven. So then Western Conference Finals, we both have Lakers Clippers. Go ahead. What's your pick? So I'm going to, I'm going to flip it up a little bit from what I previously said. I'm going with the Lakers in seven. Um, and the reason why is, you know, I think, I think before I was looking at team construction, uh, you know, when I took the Clippers on the previous pod that we talked about this. However, you know, I think right before the season got canceled, LeBron showed us something is that he's on a mission this year. And when, and when LeBron's in that mode and he has the supporting cast around him, I think he can overcome a lesser well-constructed team that he has because he, at the end of the day, he does have the next best player besides him and Kawhi on the floor. And honestly, I, I think you could even make the argument that Anthony Davis is, a, is on the same level as Kawhi. We just never, we've never seen him on the team on a good enough team. Maybe he's in the, he's in the range, right? So, you know, and yeah, he's a, he's a top five to seven player in the league for sure. Um, you know, which is where you put Kawhi. So, you know, I think that plays a major factor. And I don't think the Clippers front court is really equipped to deal with him. Uh, I think he, he's the biggest mismatch, honestly. You know, I don't really see how Marcus Morris deals with him. Zubak certainly can't guard him. You know, then you bring in Harrow off the bench. He's not really known for his defense, even though he's, he's going to give the effort for sure. Um, but, you know, none of those guys have the length or the foot speed to deal with him. And I think that's kind of where they're going to expose the Clippers is, you know, I think it'll actually be, you know, LeBron's going to be LeBron. But, like, this isn't going to be the series where, like, LeBron puts the Lakers on his back and carries them. I think it's like, you know, LeBron averages, you know, his 28, 8, and maybe 10. And Anthony Davis maybe averages... 28 to 30 as well and I think that's a little much for someone who's going to get that 28 to 30 shooting 55 to 60 percent from the field um, and I think defensively I think the Lakers are good enough to deal with the Clippers as well because the Clippers are still kind of a slashing team you know they're not really like a, a team that's going to kill you from the perimeter and I think that's how you would have to beat the Lakers is by stretching them out and pulling them pulling the bigs away from the basket you know like like uh, Dwight or, or JaVale McGee, you know, those kind of guys. Um, and I don't think that's, again, that's not really something that they can do or when Kyle Kuzma gets on the floor attacking him, you know, but they can, 
because the Clippers front court isn't really like offensively gifted outside of Harrell and you know Harrell's really more of an inside guy I also see I, I think he struggles because of the, the Lakers length in the paint so you know I think matchup wise I think the Lakers actually match up better with the Clippers than what I previously thought uh, but it's going to be a battle. It's it's two two of the best teams in the league um, going at it, and it honestly could go either way. I'm, so I'm going to go Lakers in seven. Thank you. And a lot of it is, is stuff you mentioned there, but also just kind of doing this bracket makes me change my pick as well because when you look at these second-round matchups, well, I think the Clippers, whether it's the Nuggets or the Rockets, and I have them against the Rockets in a seven-game series, right? So I think that's going to take a lot out of them where we're talking about the Lakers potentially with two straight sweeps, and then maybe they're sitting on a week of rest before they play the Clippers. I'm going to go with the Lakers, well which bodes well for them, right? And I think I'll go with the Lakers in seven here. Maybe, you know, that's just kind of the tipping point is they just wear them down and, and they're able to win. And LeBron is on a freaking mission, and we've never seen LeBron on a mission not – make the finals so right. um you know I, I think they do it here the question probably is you know you got paul george and Kawhi. lebron is probably going to have to guard at least one of them at for for a for a large portion of the game because i don't think you can put an avery bradley on him maybe danny green can match up with paul george but then lebron is probably going to have to guard Kawhi. maybe you're bringing kuzma and you know, off but that's off the bench so maybe that's the play but at some point you know he's going to have to do that um, and normally, you know, we talk about LeBron as a great defender, and I think he is when he turns it on, but he also takes some time off. But when you watch, you know, when they played against the Warriors in the finals when they had KD, he wasn't guarding KD. Richard Jefferson was guarding KD a lot of the time there, and LeBron's mm-hmm. guarding Draymond. And, you know, a lot of it is LeBron likes to, you know, they do the stuff where he plays the switches and he's doing the help stuff and he's kind of orchestrating things. And so he gets kind of a pass there. But he's not known as someone who wants to step up and take that challenge all the time. He's good, probably going to have to do that in this series. And maybe it's on Kawhi, which, which would be a hell of a matchup and will be awesome to see. Uh, but I think Anthony Davis is the biggest difference maker here. He is a huge matchup problem for the Clippers. I mean, you're right. He's a 5-7 to seven best player in the league. Paul George, as good as he is, is not that. And, you know, the, the, even the Clippers, you know, front court, besides Paul George, when you have Pat Beverly – you know, he's not going to give you anything offensively. And really, it's not like he's going to guard LeBron or AD, you know. It's like he's going to guard Avery Bradley. Like, who cares? Like, you're going to watch him spot yeah. up or, you know, maybe you're playing help. I guess I guess it still helps to have a guy like that out there. You know, Lou Will is great, but he's not a defensive player. And he isn't exactly what he used to be either. Yeah. You know, I, I'm back and forth on this one. By the time it actually happens, I could probably be the other way again. But as of right now, I'll go Lakers in seven. Yeah, and, and to piggyback, now that you mention it, if you're Doc, do you keep Pat Bev in the starting lineup because they're not really utilizing his defense? Do you go with Lou Will or Reggie Jackson? You know, someone who uh, maybe Lou Will, um, someone who can give you some some a little more floor spacing and a you know more creation on offense and pick and rolls and stuff like that. Might be something to think about, you know, because it's not like and and also he's a better facilitator than what Pat Bev is going to be, even though he's not. He's not a great facilitator, but he's going to be better than Pat Bev at it. So, and you can, and if you can hide him on Avery Bradley, you know I don't I don't see how that would hurt you too much. So that could be an option. 
Um, and and to bronze to the point of bronze defense, I think that's what we saw towards the end of the year, like or before they got suspended, was they they played the Clippers and the Bucks like within, I think it was wasn't back to back, but like within the next two games of each other, and he guarded Kawhi and he guarded Giannis. You know what I mean? Like he stepped up and was like. You know, I hear you guys talking, you know what I mean, that, that I don't play defense anymore stuff or I don't guard the best team's best player. You know, I think, like, in this situation, yes, he's going to have to guard Kawhi and probably for most of the game. Or he's going to have to guard Paul George and let Danny Green take Kawhi, which, like, either way, he's going to have to play defense for, you know, long stretches. And um, I think he got himself a nice little layoff here. Like, there really shouldn't be any excuse for him not to take that challenge. Um, coming into this point, you didn't have to play 82 games. You haven't played in three months or four months at that point. So, um, or by the time we get to the NBA Finals, it'll you know they would have had a, a a nice time to rest and actually two two ser- quick series in the first two rounds. No excuse, you know, for LeBron and and I think he'll he'll understand that and certainly take on that challenge. All right, so then let's talk finals. Then you have. Lakers, Bucks. I have Lakers, Toronto. I'll go first because I think mine is not as close. I I have Toronto. Oh, I almost said Toronto in five. I have <laughs> I have I have the Lakers. I have the Lakers in five here. Um, you know, and I love Toronto, and and I, I think that they'll be able to handle the guys in the East. But LeBron isn't in the East, and Anthony Davis isn't in the East, and. <laughs> When they're on the same team, it's just going to be really tough for them to try to match up with that kind of star power. You know, when I talk about the East, nobody in the East has that much star power. You know, Giannis is, of course, back-to-back MVP, but he's almost by himself. Middleton is an all-star, of course. But, you know, as far as having guys who can create off the dribble, you know, Giannis is really the guy doing it, and he can't really shoot three. So, it's, you know, it's not as difficult as when you look at LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they're doing everything, posting up, driving. LeBron shooting from 30 feet. Anthony Davis is working in the high post. It's just so much. I just, you know, and I'm a big yeah. Toronto fan, but I just don't think they can handle it. So I have Lakers in five and Anthony, D- no, I'm sorry. LeBron James is finals MVP averaging nearly a triple double. Yeah. I'm also going to go with the Lakers. I think LeBron gets the much needed ring number four. Um, and, uh, Braun fans everywhere uh, restart the GOAT debate after uh, Jordan's documentary. So uh, he also wins finals MVP. I take the Lakers in six here. Um, you know, and I, again, I have them against the Bucks. So the big thing here is that LeBron doesn't have to guard Giannis for 48 minutes like he would have to guard Kawhi uh, or, or Paul George. Um, Anthony Davis gets that pleasure, and I think that's actually a great matchup for Anthony Davis. Um, I think like Anthony Davis of anyone in the league is the player most well equipped to guard Giannis with the least amount of help possible. Uh, with his length and his length, his foot speed, he's about strong enough to handle Giannis without you know being bullied. I don't see what I don't think that would be an issue at all. So um, you know, I think and and then. You know, I think because they'd have to give limited help there, I think it'd be difficult for other Bucks players to really get going. Um, you know, plus, even if, you know, when you're talking about the Lakers lineup, now this is where I think their their bigger lineup really actually helps them because then you have Dwight Howard and JaVale also protecting the rim, um, you know, in those situations, unless, of course, Brooke Lopez is on the floor, 
you kind of have to deal with that. But either way, you know, you're talking four or five switches. Dwight and JaVale, I think, can can hold their own against Giannis in those situations. I just don't see where the Bucks can create enough mismatches um, in order to break down the Lakers' defense. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I think the Lakers would actually be a problem for them on the board because although Brooke Lopez gives you spacing, he's not going to be able to deal with Dwight Howard on the boards. He's not going to be able to deal with you know, Anthony Davis on the boards or, or JaVale McGee. So that could potentially be a liability for them. Um, and then you're talking about his backup being his brother, Robin Lopez, and that's really not much better. So, you know, I think those are, that's where the Lakers size and strength actually shows the most. Um, but the Bucks put up a fight. They have one of the best players in the league. So I'm still, I'm going to take the Lakers and six. Okay. So we both got the Lakers. Do you think that it doesn't matter who comes out of the East or, you know, if it's the Lakers or the Clippers, you think it's Lakers Clippers either way? Yeah. 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 Because uh, I think the I think the Bucks are well. I mean, I think the Clippers are well equipped to beat the Bucks um, in that in that series as well. Kawhi certainly proved that he's more than capable of guarding Giannis. You know, and you have your rotations right. The Clippers are an excellent defensive team, especially on the perimeter. Um, so, and I don't think they really are equipped to deal with Kawhi and Paul George on the other end. So, um, yeah, I, I I see a lot of the same problems for the Bucks. Uh, against the Clippers just in a different yeah. way. Really. I agree. I, I would have the Clippers or the Lakers. Whoever comes out of the West, I think, is going to be whoever comes out of the East, really. Um, I just, you know, the star power is so heavy there, and that's why these guys team up. That's why LeBron says, give me Anthony Davis, and that's why Kawhi says, I'm only going to the Clippers if you get Paul George. That's why they do it is to win championships, and it looks like it's going to work out. We're probably going to see more players continue on this trend. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, when the Nets get healthy next year, you know, could that be, you know, the the next contender in the East? You know, who knows with with Kyrie being one of your your top two guys, and and well, even KD, because uh, you know, KD's not really the kind of guy who can put Kyrie in his place. You know what I mean? Like LeBron can. So you know what I mean? That's a, a as far as a chemistry dynamic, who knows? But like, just from looking at the roster on paper. You know, they get Kyrie and, and KD back. That could be another potential team where it's like we, we saw two guys who wanted to play together, got what they wanted to try to win a championship. Yeah, and so. I think that they are probably going to be the favorite in the East. When you look at these playoff matchups, you just, you know, when you have the star power of the KD and Kyrie, they're going to be the favorites, I think. And I probably will be taking them, assuming that the regular season isn't disastrous next season. Um, yeah. So that's really all we had to talk about today. Uh, we wanted to keep it rather short. Eli, we mentioned, is a dad. He wants to hang out with his daughter a little bit. It is Father's Day. Yeah. She's up there. She was up there earlier running around with no diaper on, so <laughs> missing out on, on action. Yeah, missing out on good Father's Day activities. <laughs> so make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you are subscribe to the rain and bliss podcast now it's on apple so if you're an apple listener you can look for them just search rain and bliss podcast um and it's right there um but yeah we appreciate you guys anything else eli yeah just you know justice for george floyd arrest the cops who killed brianna taylor uh buy black support black businesses sign petitions donate 
uh, to organizations, stuff like that. Keep the conversation going, guys. Uh, racism did not end on Blackout Tuesday. We still have work to do. Uh, vote in upcoming primaries uh, for local elections. Do your research. Find local politicians that support the ideas that you do. Uh, I think a lot of things get lost in the power of the people um, because the people at times feel powerless. But as a as a collective, if we truly want to get things done, we can get them. We can get things done. These I think this last month has shown us that. You know, since the passing of George Floyd, there have been a lot of changes. I think, um, you know, we've seen changes happen out in Colorado as far as, um, you know, how certain thing policies that they've changed for police and things like that. So um, a lot's been going on. Make sure you stay up with that stuff and, you know, do whatever you can to stay active and at the very least keep the conversation going. So um, I think that's all important stuff. And, and last but not least, sharing is caring. Uh, share podcast episodes uh, for us and the, and the All In With Rain and Bliss podcast. Um, you know, honestly, if you haven't listened to them yet, you are missing out. Uh, there's, there's really no other way to put it. Um, two episodes in and it's, it's been great to watch. And I'm not exaggerating because they're on our network. Like I, I truly actually believe that. So, uh, you know, make sure you guys listen and if you enjoy it, share it, tell your friends, tell your family members, um, you know, retweets, shares, things like that go a long way. So again, thank you guys so much, uh, for, you know, helping us have a platform to talk about. BS all day, and, and some. And, and some if you haven't stuff. checked out Rain and Bliss, if you're watching on YouTube right now, their video is probably right below ours. So just click on that and, and watch it, and, and you, I promise you, we're gonna keep watching them because they are just so funny and relatable. Um, but yeah, man, we got a lot going on, so we're enjoying the ride, and we're enjoying uh, you guys hanging out with us. So, hi right, guys, this was the All In Podcast, episode 15. Thanks for listening. <laughs>